Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the Love Rugby League podcast, bringing you the latest rugby league news, talking points, and exclusive interviews. Listen as fellow fans and experts discuss the burning issues in the game and share their bold predictions. We're out every Wednesday to look ahead to your rugby league weekend. Welcome to the Love Rugby League podcast. I'm James Gordon. I'm joined by... Drew Derbyshire for this episode. We've also got George Riley, who sits down with Brad Singleton later uh, in the show. Uh, plenty to get through after the Easter weekend, and it wouldn't be Easter weekend, Drew, if we didn't talk about the uh, the schedule and the double header, which a few people have. have I, thought, I thought he was going to say the biggest derby then, Jim. No, no, we had that was last week. <laughs> uh, the Easter schedule, in my opinion, I I'm not a fan uh, of the the busy Easter. Uh, I think if we we're talking about player welfare so much these days um, and I think we should listen to the players I know a couple of players have, have heard their voices on, on social media uh, over the weekend and, and in presses and coaches out, uh, haven't been a fan in, in press conferences uh, either uh, and I think it's just about time we listen to them and, and listen to the bodies of, of the players I know 20, 30 years ago there was a lot more games than what there is now but with the intensity of the, of the game and the way the game's played and, and how physical the game has become. Um, we, we, all, we often talk about it, James. Players are almost made to be robot-type athletes these days with, with the way uh, that the game's going. And I, I just think, let's listen to the players. Is the Easter Monday game, is, it, is that Easter Monday round really necessary? Um, after the after the Good Friday hype, because all all the hypes on Good yeah, Friday and the derbies. I, I think we talk, I think I can't remember. We mentioned this last week where there was a conversation about it's the highlight of the calendar, but it's like, is it the double header that's the highlight, or is it the fact that it's the derbies on Good Friday? And I think the thing is, there was four games on Thursday night, which isn't really great for getting fans in. I think I'd like to see could they not stagger it so you'd have maybe a, a Thursday night TV game, have the two 
normal ones on Good Friday. You could have another couple maybe on the Saturday. Leave the Sunday maybe as a as a day off for Easter Sunday or even for the Championship, and then have a Monday. You can have one or two games on the Monday. Now, there will of course be the people that moan, oh well, if, if some teams are playing on a Thursday and some people are playing on the Monday, what does it mean for the following week? But I think you've just got to get got to get round that. I seen another excuse for it was that having a home game over Easter is is more lucrative, and it's like well. They only have. They, there's no other weekend where they have a guaranteed home game. They play home home one week, away the next week. So why is Easter any different? I would just tee t- it up and say, right, if St. Helens are at home on Good Friday against Wigan and Wigan are away, well, why not make another? You know, there's other bank holidays in the year. We'll make sure Wigan have a home game on that bank holiday. You know, and I think that's what um, needs to do. I think the thing for me though is that we talk about it every year, but nothing seems to change. So. Um, and and actually a note on on that the chat there's a there's a championship doubleheader coming up pretty soon which has been raised a little bit where um, the champ I think it's the Queen's Jubilee weekend where championship teams are playing on the first or second of June and then playing on the on the Sunday which is absolutely ludicrous because championship teams have been having weeks off for the whole of March and April so there, there was a weekend the other week where. Obviously, when the five teams left in the Challenge Cup played, that was nine championship teams didn't have a game. When it's the 1895 Cup semi-finals coming up, there'll be ten championship teams without a game. And so, if you got knocked out of the Challenge Cup in the first hurdle, you've only been playing every other week since the end of February. And then, they have two games in five days. It's just a bit of a head-scratcher. Um, yeah, it's that one. well. That, that's not going to talk. It's the championship it's, got rid of the double header. It's not planning as well. Yeah, obviously, championship used to play the double header at Easter, but they've got rid of it now. Yeah, and especially because the the bulk of of the championship are part time teams as well, and and how are players meant to juggle that with work commitments and so on? You, you might even get some players missing one of the games on on that weekend just because of the work schedule. While we're on the championship, let's have a quick. We'll have a quick chin worry about the championship. Featherstone um, have brought they've, they've got the the band back together, haven't they? In a little bit, Jonathan Ford joining Mark Carella there, and they've been having a couple of uh, social media pops at uh, Bradford, uh, notably this week. Um, what I like about Featherstone is they get a lot of criticism, but they sort of know who they are and know what they are, and they play up to it. And I think that is actually something to be. I think that's actually something to be admired about them. They don't try and pretend to be something they're not, and they all, ultimately they get criticised for some of the things they do. But they, it's almost like they own it. And don't get me wrong, I don't agree with everything that they do, but they seem to have found a really nice place where they're not bothered that other people hate them, and they're not bothered that people put them down. And they're like, well, you can put us down, and you can call us whatever you want, but but we're Featherstone, and we're proud to be who we are. Yeah, no, no, I I completely agree with you, and, and I've I'm a big fan of the way they they've run the social media this season. Um, I think they, they did some good stuff earlier on in the season when they they signed Joey Lua, uh, and um, a couple of more players from from overseas. Um, I, I, with Fev, you're always going to get it's it's kind of like the expansions expansionist versus the heartlands at the minute in terms of rugby league supporters on social media you see a lot of expansionists if you like if you, if you want to put the, the quotations on it going after the likes of Fev who have been there for a very long time Cass and Wakefield etc in favour of the likes of Toulouse coming in and obviously Cornwall coming in now 
Um, but Feathers should know the heritage and know the history of the club and, and they're playing that to the strengths and, and you can't fault them for that. We've heard on the grapevine that obviously the the big two in the championship are Featherston and Lee. I mean, York are having a decent season as well, but it looks like it'll be a, a shootout between Featherston and Lee for the grand final. I heard on the grapevine this week, and I have no idea how close, that, that Lee are chasing Josh Dugan, <laughs> right, and potentially another NRL player. And it is quite incredible, really, how to what lengths Featherston and Lee are going almost toe to toe this season. And it will put it. I mean, I suppose it's, I mean, it's got to be good for the champ. It's good in some ways for the championship. It's bad in others. I mean, ultimately, Featherston and Lee are probably going to roll everyone over. But then, having said that, Batley drew with Featherston only a few weeks ago. I mean, Josh Josh Dugan <laughs> would be a sensational signing for Lee. I just, I just can't picture him in the championship. With no disrespect to the championship, Josh Dugan is at least a, a super league standard player. But we could say that about a couple of the players. Well, not more than a couple of the players in the championship this season. Uh, Featherston and, and Lee in particular have made some great signings, haven't they? Uh, look at Nene McDonald and look, what, look how he's performing. He's got uh, 10 tries in 10 games, Nene McDonald. He's, he's killing it. Um, and he's he's played over 100 games in the NRL. There's another NRL lad coming over to Lee. They've just signed Kai O'Donnell as well. Uh, yeah, who impressed on his actually, debut. Uh, yeah. I thought he was good against Witness on. So, so I, I think it can can only be a good thing for the championship. I know everyone's looking at Lee and, and Feathers, the, the big spenders, rightly so. They, they have spent the most money. But that can be only be a good thing for the championship. Yeah, I mean, looking at the rest of it, we'll move on in a, in a moment. Looking at the rest of the championship, no one else seems to want to uh, compete, really, because apart from York, who were only two points off Lee and, and Batley. Uh, I've got nine of the game, and Ambarrow are up there as well. But Halifax, Widnes, Bradford, Newcastle, probably four of the teams that you might have said would be playoff challenges have all basically got 50-50 records they've won for, lost for. Yeah, you probably would have expected a little bit of a better start from Newcastle with them going full-time because they've obviously spent a, a little bit more than, than the other teams. I think if you, if you look at it, Newcastle are probably the third biggest spenders in the Championship uh, this season. I think it's a tricky one for Newcastle with the full-time thing. I mean, look at Sam Hallis, who's left Newcastle to go back to Bradford, effectively to go to part-time, because I think the problem you've got is, can you attract players? There'll be players who can play part-time and probably earn more money playing part-time in the Championship alongside the job than they can playing full-time for Newcastle. Whereas, and, and I think you look at the recruitment, like whereas Liam Featherston have probably recruited full-time players, Newcastle have almost just made borderline top-end championship, bottom-end Super League players full-time. It's sort of a different mm. model. So I'll be interested to see how they go on. We've got to talk about um, an incident in the Super League on Monday. I was at the game, Hull, Hull against Warrington. Hull won it with a controversial try, it's fair to say, um, with three minutes to go. Manu Mao went over the line. Um, Ellis Longstaff, I think it was, was under him. Darrell Clark was under him. It was one of those where he went over the line, his body's under him, did he get it down? The referee sent it to the video referee as a try. Now, I've seen a lot of talk on social media about this, Drew. No one knows what Chris Kendall could see. That's the bottom line. So whether you agree whether he got it down or not, no one knows what, what his view was. Um, I think Manny Mouse celebrating helped. He put his hand up and the crowd went wild. And I think that possibly had an influence on on it a little bit but it's raised questions about the video referee process in terms of should the referee send it up as a try or a no try or should they just send it up I I, th I personally think they should just send it up because 
what what do they get out of sending up as try and all try though? But then, but then, didn't we used to have that in the first place? Well, we did. But, so, <laughs> but, I, but we've I, had many rules I, in rugby I, league. That's I drove back from Hull with my BBC colleague John Lawson. He was on the phone actually for almost the entire way back with someone he knows. He was having they were having this debate over it, where it was like, well, this system we've currently got arguably the best system we've had. Now the argument for it is that if that game wasn't on TV. Chris Kendall would have given it a try, and it would have been a try, and that's it. Because it was on TV, it went to the video referee. The video referee didn't have enough evidence to overturn mm. what the referee said, so he's almost referred it back to the referee to say, well, look, uh, you know, I don't know. So, so, so it goes to the what would happen if the video wasn't there. I heard another suggestion was, well, could the referee send it up and say he was unsure? But then the problem if they're going to send it up, try, no try, and unsure, is they'll just send them all up as unsure to... Mm sort of save the backs a little bit but uh, for me my positions it depends on what your interpretation that the rule is at the moment that that's the rule now it's like the benefit of the doubt to the attacking team is the rule now for me if I was setting the rules which I don't and it isn't the rule so this is largely irrelevant I would do it that you can only award a try if you can see a try being scored mm. from the video referee's point of view but Chris Kendall thinks he's seen a try being scored and he sent it up yeah, it is a tricky one to be fair, and I, I don't want to put too much pressure on on the referees as well. But I think if that wasn't there, the the try no try uh, signal by the referee, then it it would have been a different decision. Exactly, probably. it probably would have been a different. I mean, they have the refs call thing though. They, they don't have, they still have it in the RL where they can. I don't think they do actually. They refer back to the refs call. Um, so if if you send it up to the video ref and he's not sure, he goes back to the ref and says, you know, look, it's up to you. Maybe that's decision. But does this happen often enough for us to be debating it? I mean, how many times can you think of it? Very happening? true, very true. I, I, this is the first one, isn't it? Uh, since since the rules probably come in, uh, and also just a couple of tweets on the weekend as well. Uh, also calling for a um, captain's challenge. So, I I would like to see that. I, I think captain's challenge is a good one. Um, I think the problem you've got with captain's challenge over here is not the games aren't on TV, are they? Mm. So I think. It works in the NRL because they can have it in every game, but in Super League, what are we saying? They can only have Captain's Challenge in TV mm. games. I think a lot will probably change. I mean, you know, we've been in a few briefings with Super League bosses and stuff that they are keen to try and get to the point where all six games have the video ref. How far down the future that is remains to be seen because of the cost implications, but I do think we will see some changes when that happens. It's like the video ref for me. If all the games are televised, why does the video ref have to be at the game? They could do it like VAR, they could be sat in here. You know, the VAR in football, and then you don't have to use a natural referee. Like, you could use, obviously, they'd have to be an official of some sort, but you could effectively then have trained video ref officials that don't have to be on pitch officials in terms of, well, that then means that they don't have to. You know, go through the. You know, Steve Ganson could even sit there and do it if he really wanted to. It just means that then you wouldn't have to. Nest, it probably takes a different sort of. You could maybe train them different because I mean I'm not sure how it works in football, but I'm, the VAR officials are, are separate. They're completely separate to the to the run on officials. So that could be an interesting um, an interesting one to look at. Um, I mean, a radical suggestion, Drew. I'm just going to put this on record. I was talking about is maybe when you have dubious ones like that that they don't get to kick the goal 
So if the ref's not, sh- if ref sends it up as a try, the video ref's not sure. We say, well, all right, we'll give you the try, but we can't kick the goal. Well, that's that's changing it all together, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> um, one one bit of bad news over over the weekend was um, Lewis Dodd suffered an injury for for St Helens. Obviously, we we can't there's no we can't speculate whether it's because of the double header or not. But big blow for for him and for Saints because he's had a good season so far. And I I probably had him as an outside bet or, or maybe as a tip to get in the England squad for the World Cup. He's, yeah, he's been brilliant this season uh, and even last last season when he was playing in in the album. In the absence of the injured uh, Tio Farge, um, whenever he's played and I've I've watched him, uh, he's impressed me. It'll be a big blow to Saints, and and the question is now, what do Saints do in terms of of cover for Dodd? Because they've got Wellsby at fullback, they've got obviously Johnny Lomax in the halves. I think uh, James Roby actually played in the halves uh, on Easter Monday. Obviously Dodd Dodd off on, against yeah. Wigan on Good Friday, so it wasn't a, an implication of. Of the Easter weekend, but um, do you put Hopoate at fullback? But Hopoate has been struggling to to get on the field this season. I think he's only made a handful of appearances so far for Saints. So do you put Hopoate at fullback? Then Wellsby in the halves with Lomax play Roby and Lusick still rotating at nine, or or do you play? What do you keep Wellsby at fullback, or and then do you shove? James Roby in the halves with Lomax for the rest of the season and, and Lusick is an 80 minute hooker mm. um, and possibly have James Bell on as a, as a sub hooker on the bench or something like that yeah it'd be interesting to see how they, how they adapt to it you know it's not alien to St. Helens to be in this sort of p- position and I'm sure you know they've got quite a few um, outside backs we've seen a few of them um, over the weekend um, because because if you put Hopoate at full back and Wellsby in the halves then your back four could essentially be when all fully fit, of course, it would be Grace and Makerton on the wings, Percival and Comrade Hurl yeah. in the centres. Hurl's given him a lot of utility value, isn't he, since signing? He's been a, a pretty shrewd signing. And he's, he's, he's impressed this season, though. He's, he's, I know he's lost a little bit of weight over the off-season. He, he just looks fitter and he's causing a lot of damage, isn't he, uh, going forward with the ball. Keep up with all things Rugby League 24-7. Head on over to loverugbyleague.com. I mean, Leeds could have slipped to the bottom of the table over the weekend had Toulouse not thrown away a bit of a lead against Lulkear. And for me, Toulouse have got it all to do to stay up. I think that's the sort of match that they need to be winning. I said it last week, I think, on the podcast where, you know, ultimately Lulkear go in there off the back of the derby... You know, I, but I I tip to lose to to yeah, win. Yeah, well, to be um, honest, I'd slip. I'd tip Leeds to lose, and uh, what was the other one that went that went Ori uh, Warrington at the weekend, which <laughs> they all lost by two or whatever it was. Um, but it's fairly tight, you know. If you look at the if you look at the players, I mean, Warrington. Is it, a, well, it's, it's a massive game this Friday, isn't it? Well, between Leeds, Leeds to and Toulouse. Yeah, and I, I just can't see Toulouse turning them over. I think. No, Leeds, I can't. And I, and I think that, and I think the problem is then is Toulouse will then be three points behind, and I just think they've got. They've got too much to do. I just don't see them like that Hull KR game. I think that Hull KR game on Monday was a crucial game that they should have won. Um, you know, Salford and Wakefield have already got three wins on the board. I think Toulouse will probably get to three wins, but Salford and Wakefield are going to knock games off later on in the season as well. You'd imagine. But even up the other end of the table, you know, Warrington have been on a bad losing run, but they're still in touching distance of the playoffs. Castleford, you know, some have been critical of them. They're, they're still starting going, to creep back in, aren't yeah, they? 
you know, it's fairly tight. I think Huddersfield were probably the main losers of Easter, weren't they? They only got one point from two games, albeit they played Leeds and St. Helens. Um, quick run through this week's games. Casford Saints on Friday. Uh, Leeds versus Toulouse, as Drew's already mentioned. There's two Saturday games, Hull KR Wakefield and Warrington against Huddersfield. Um, and then Channel 4 game on Sunday, Wigan against Salford. Is that 1.30, Drew? Um, 1 o'clock, I think. 1 o'clock. Hull FC against Catalan is the other Super League game. And then a cha- championship game, Sheffield Newcastle's a Friday. Um, Dewsbury Workington, Halifax Barrow, Lee against London, who still haven't had a win. Uh, Witness play Batley, York play Whitehaven. And then the Monday night game on Premier Sports is Bradford against Featherston. Um, thanks for joining us this week. Please do stay tuned because we do have Brad Singleton, the Wigan prop, is this week's guest with George Riley. Keep up with all things Rugby League 24-7. Head on over to loverugbyleague.com. Welcome to The Big Interview, a weekly look at life and league with one of the sport's big names. And today's guest is a big forward in big form as well with the Wigan Warriors and an all-conqueror with the Leeds Rhinos during that iconic uh, dynasty at Headingley. Brad Singleton, great to see you. How are you, first of all? Yeah, good, mate. Um, A long time no see. Uh, I'm enjoying life, probably a bit sore after the Easter period, but it is what it is. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, talk, talk me through the very visible injury I can see. Was that a Monday one and who did that to you? Yeah, yeah. so no, nah, this is just, I've, I think I've just, um, yeah, caught tanking on his shoulder in my face, but um, yeah, it's pretty fresh from, from Monday. And then, uh, yeah, I think in general, I think two games in four days is probably not not the best and ideal way to um, to, to watch the, the rugby. But um, also, if, if that's what it is, it's go get the best result for them two games. Yeah, well, we might as well start there because that's been a big topic, but it always is during my 20-odd years doing doing this job in the game. It's boring, really. Every single year I ask and write about, oh, the double ahead of the Easter weekend. But it feels like it might be coming to an end just because of the push elsewhere for player welfare. And it feels like it's a bit, bit of an anomaly when we're looking after players more than ever, yet we're still asking them to get battered like I can see you are. Um, do you think that this might be it now after this year? Yeah, I, I just feel there's there's two versions of this. One, once the fixture is made, um, I'm a bit like, look, we can't mourn about it. Do you know what I mean? Like, we, we need to go get try and get them four points. So I'm a bit like, yeah, I get it. Sort of thing. The, the, you won't hear me mourning during that weekend, sort of thing. But the reality of it is now now we're through that. It's like, what is the point of that? The the way you feel after two of them games, that second game, the 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 standard of that game and, and I'm, I'm guessing that if you look at the injuries for that weekend I don't know if the, if the stats are sure but I'm, I just don't feel like it's necessary Yeah I mean a lot of the coaches a lot of the players have, have been saying that but presumably the reasons we, we do it still are our TV but also the own clubs because every club wants a home game over Easter which means there probably have to be two because that's where you get your revenue right so business wise that's sport that yeah. we, you know we need money in you, you do kind of get it as well Yeah um, I, I just think I, I think I, I don't know who I was speaking to, but someone that proposed just why don't they get a retro round, get all the legends round? I, I don't, I feel like family fun day. I don't, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not, I'm not smart enough to come with the idea, but just get the get some, sort of them. Uh, I've seen it before, Lancashire, Yorkshire. Get get all Wiggins expos. Get a Sean O'Loughlin in there. Get all all these ex ex legends, and I'm sure the crowd won't be too dissimilar. So get the, get, the, get the legends in so you guys can have a rest, basically. 
Yeah, basically. And if he, and if he can, I, I reckon you'll get a similar crowd if, on a one-off. I reckon if it's once a year and, and you you think, and, and it's something for the ex-players to get their head into. If, you, if, you're, if you're retired, if Sean Lockham was running out at DW again, I'm sure people will be paying to see it. Uh, the Easter weekend was, well, it was, it was a bruising start in the derby for you and then you, you know, you came back with a big win. In terms of Wigan's form overall, you must be fairly content with the team you're playing in at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, Matty Pete is, um, he, he set up some uh, great foundations. Um, I think you can tell that with the way we're playing. Um, last, last year, we got to a point where our defence was probably quite good and worthy of being in the playoffs, but our attack was nowhere near. Um, and he, he's tweaked that. He's got Lee Breeze in there. Sean Lockland's obviously our, our defence coach and forward coach in there as well. And I think I think we're in a great place. I, I still believe we're building. I think um, these are very much early days for Matty Pete's side. But you can see what he cares about and um, what what he's after. And 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 I don't think he'll stop till till he till he go, gets what he wants. And um, I feel like that. After being in a winning side, I think that's the the main thing. It, it's believing in that coach and and chasing the the culture rather than the the I don't know. You, it's, there's no point saying I'm going to go win that trophy, win that trophy. I think it's chasing that that great culture and great winning um, behaviours. Yeah, what's the what's the coaching dynamic like? You got Sean O'Loughlin, you mentioned already. Lee Breers, a Warrington legend, who kind of ended up going to Wigan and he seems to be thriving a lot now. And then, you know, relatively young coach who not many people might have known about in, in Pete. So those three, I mean, you've played on some, some you know, big name leading coaches and won everything there is to win. So what's that dynamic like at Wigan? Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's good. I think, um, my Pete, albeit he's, he's only, I think it was his birthday the other day, I think he's 38. But you, you'd never guess in terms of coaching. He's been, he's been in there for about 15 years and he's been in the Wigan way. So, he, he's, so he's like part of the furniture in one sense. So he knows every person in that building. He knows how it works. He knows all the communities. a Wigan lad. So there's no teething issues in, in anything he does like that. And he's very um, he's very psychological. He's very uh, philosophical. And as, as a bloke, just to get an insight. Uh, but he's still got that Wigan sort of demanding grunt where it goes, look, at some point, you just need to go put your body in front here, and and for me, that's the perfect mix. I, I really enjoy enjoy a bit working on, um, under him. Um, then obviously he's 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 got Lee Brazen in there. You can tell he's obviously he is a genius in a, in attack, and you, you can probably see from a few players, which will will be from from him and just him putting his thoughts together. And then obviously the legend Sean Lachlan, who's played around at the top end forever demand demands respect not from himself just he just he just gets it he's um he's a great bloke and he and he gets how um he gets how you play a game and how you win a game was he someone you looked up to idolized Sean O'Loughlin when you were you were making your career as a pro yeah I think there's, there's, when I was um under tens I think I've been for it before when I first signed but there's a there's a picture of me getting a Player of the Year off Sean O'Loughlin and um, he's about, he's about nineteen and I'm I'm ten and um, I've, I've got a Wigan shirt on there <laughs> so over at Barrow Island and um, yeah I think because of that subconsciously or consciously I've I've always had a little look at what he what he's been doing you know as I, as I'm going through and and he's been at the top of the game and he's been an incredible pro um, the way the way he's so laid back shocked me. 
Um, he's so down to earth, so humble. Um, and I, I just feel like, yeah, I think he's done everything he can in the game. If you, if you want someone to look up to, it's him. I didn't know you were a Wigan fan as a lad. Yeah, um, yeah, I drifted towards the Wigan side. I think Barris split in the middle. It's 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 between Saints and um, Wigan, basically. Man U and Liverpool, Saints and Wigan. There's nothing up there. <laughs> you kept that quiet when I knew you were Leeds. Didn't know you were a, didn't know you were a cherry and white. Um, in terms of the Wigan side at the moment, you've been great to watch. Do you think, or do you feel, I should say, do you feel you are the closest to kind of clipping the wings of St Helens? Um, Saints have been a force for a long time now and, and Holbrook's started this machine and, and they've, they've been incredible. They've bought into it. They're, they're very fit. They're very resilient. They've, they've got high line speed that's, that in the end makes makes the other sides like sabotage themselves in, in, in not putting the players on. I feel like they're, they're an incredible side um, but and, and it helps being our, our closest rivals. I think we, we got, in 2020, we got close to competing with them. When I first came in, we beat them in my first game against them. And, and there was a there was a blueprint there to beat them. But I think we probably shown our shown our cards too early there because then we go and play in the grand final and they, and they go just pip it. But then um, 21, we were, we were nowhere near. Um, and Cat- Catalans came close to doing it. And and this year, I don't I don't know. I'd like to say that if there were a team to do that, it, it'd be us. But um, also, you have to do look at Catalans. They're they're very very close in doing so. And full credit to Saint Helens for being up there so long. Uh, probably a difficult one to to answer this. I had a chat with 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 John Wilkin about this a few weeks ago, and I'm sure you'll you'll already know what his answer was. But he reckons this Saints team is probably better than the Leeds teams you played in and won all those trophies. I mean, it's a very, very difficult one to compare because that Leeds side won so much and they won more than St. Helens. But that Rhino side you were in kind of didn't dominate all season. You just knew how to get to the grand final and win. Yeah. Is that a difficult comparison is to that, make at this point? That is, that is a difficult comparison. Um, ooh, do you know what... It, it, it's hard to say because I, I I understand the argument and I understand that what that same side is it is like a machine and it keeps on churning out the wins, but like the, that 2015 team, like I, I was there, I was from Leeds from 2011 to 2017, but like probably like that 2015, if you put a problem in in front of them or us, we'd solve it. So so if that Saints team came up against us, I would say we'd have adapted. And and got the win if if that's yeah if that's the right answer we'd have, we'd have played to the to the potential of of that same side we'd understand the, the the problem in front of us and and we'd hopefully overturn the the sense. So would it be fair to say therefore that we might not actually it's clearly a, an incredible team and defensively arguably defensively one of the best we've seen, but we don't quite know how great they are because perhaps the competition that those Leeds sides have isn't there anymore. You just said yourself, Wigan are only just starting to get there. So perhaps that competition for Saints just hasn't been there the last two or three years. It, it's hard to say because every year you, you can never compare because they can never play each other. But I think you look at that Holbrook, I think it was 19. 
I think they just blew blew it out of the water. And I think that they, that once they got that belief from from that season, I don't know how many points they finished above everyone. What what Saints would need to do next is probably go prove the point and prove that there are of the Bradfords, of the Saints, of the the Leeds, and it's there. They need to go win that treble, and um, it's up to us. Um, the, the likes of people, well, the whole the whole league to, to try and prevent that, to, to stop from them probably proving that they're greats. And um, like I said, it's a, it's an easy one for me because Wigan Wigan's the closest rivals. And I, oh. <laughs> I'm definitely keeping that in, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Wigan, Wigan's the closest closest rivals, and um, I, I love the games and the physicality and. And how tough it can be, and if we can get the go go chase them and go stop them and prevent them from doing the treble or or even any sort of trophy of or just a game, I I think it'll be the one of the best things ever. Um, just because we mentioned Lee's, let's have a couple of minutes talking about what's going on at Headingley. I mean, what do you think's gone wrong there, and how would you fix it? Oh, it's, uh, I don't know. It's quite deep, isn't it? It's, uh, because I think there's that many answers and there's that but many... Think, has it surprised you, mate? Uh, has it surprised you how, how quickly it's gone so wrong? I, I'm going to word this right. Personally, not so much. Probably to the to the depths it, it's gone now, yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, but once... Once... I, I left when uh, when I did... Because I didn't, I didn't feel right. I didn't feel like it was the culture was getting the best out of me. I felt that um, once Brian Mack, what Brian Mack was good at is was psychologically getting the, so much out of one group of me, group of men to deliver. Like on on paper, that 2017 side should it have been close to winning winning a grand final. I don't, I don't know, but but he can get that team to to the point where it did. Unfortunately, he had a, a lot of injuries in. Um, 2018 and and it unfortunately sacked. So we obviously were were suffering there with the league form and Kev came in, and then I think I think what's happened is the the culture that was there and built up and maintained for so many years of these winning behaviours subconsciously and and being able to going into the season knowing that you're planning for that grand final, even no matter what your form's like because they've won it from fifth, they've won it from wherever. I think all that, that's gone now because, because of the ch- change of personnel in there. So that's coaching staff, that's players. And and I feel like that now you're probably starting from the, from the bottom up. So the foundations of that belief and stuff like that, even though the fans expect all this winning behaviours and, and winning, winning, winning games and, and, and winning, I feel like... You, you probably have to probably lower that expectation and, and let the let them build again. Um, and I, and I, I care for that group. I care for that uh, that team, and I and I care care for for Leeds in general because they, they gave me everything. I'm really really grateful for everything they gave me. I'm I'm really thankful, and I, and I do hope they get to the heights again. Obviously not at the expense of uh, Wigan, but um, I do I do hope they get there. And I think it'll probably take time, and um, it's probably going to be a, a case of nailing this next coach, and him understanding that it is probably going to be from from the foundations you're dealing with. Can I just pick up on some of that? That was really interesting. That was that was a great answer, um, 
and you know as a, as a Leeds boy it's really interesting to hear you talk like that what you know you've mentioned culture a lot there and to hear you say that you left because you didn't feel the culture was getting the best out of you was that purely do you mean purely because Brian went or was the brother stuck I mean I'm not looking to get anyone or no. anything in trouble here that's that's not what I'm here for I'm just genuinely interested is it was it a case of Brian going and you had such a great thing with Brian and suddenly it felt different or or were you just producing all that while you were there because of Brian all these things were perhaps still going on in the background no I think cult is a big word and it's wide and it's it's widespread and you could probably never put a finger on it but like culture is is everything and how you're feeling and whatnot and um once once Ferner came in I, I felt like because Mac was so so tight to that group, he could tell you how each one responds to certain things and he knew which ones needed a rattle in, and he knew which ones needed their arm around him and he knew how people churned performances out. And I, I've been with him from 2010, well, or 2011, up until 2018. So it's a, it's a long time for me to do that and and to win things with him. There's a, there's a, there's a special relationship between the team and the player there well, as soon as that trophy gets lifted you both believe in each other and um, once, once he's gone um, you, you're getting further in there so this guy, the, you've gone from the man that's so, so psychologically tuned into all these players and these players all believing into this man and you've gone further in there who's probably got been told not the wrong thing because we were in a hall we were in the, um, in the middle eight but Ferner came in and said, right, I'm going to have to wipe this uh, slate clean. And, and he picked on literally his, in, in his thoughts and, and he's not doing anything wrong. But but when you're doing that, you're probably losing potential of what all the the previous coach has done and all, like I said, them winning behaviours because you've just wiped the whole slate clean. And, and I, I just felt like for me that he, put, he then when I went from a sixty-minute forward to uh, uh, off the bench last fifteen of the of the first half. So for me, that's you're not going to get the best out of me. It's really interesting. I mean, I, I was, you know, as a Leeds fan, when you know, idolised Ferner when he came back in, I thought perfect. You know, he's earning his co coaching stripes over there in the NRL. He's, he was a crowd favourite. Leeds coming back, I just thought he was ready made to work. But then I didn't yeah. see it from the inside. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think he, I don't think he'll be a bad coach. I don't, I, I thought he was a really intelligent coach, but I think that group, after having such, um, a, I would even go to say a strange head coach for ten years. <laughs> well, he'd but, say that himself. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. To to be so intense and to get to trophies and to do these stories, I don't think you could have had a man to come in and wipe the slate clean. And look. It could have paid off, but but ultimately it didn't. And then and then you're chasing your tail. So so that was only my personal preference. Ferner was an intel, intelligent man, and he and he and I, I hope somewhere he's really successful. Yeah, really really, really interesting. Uh, just just one last one on that. Have you, any idea? I mean, are you still in touch with? Him? I'm sure you are. A lot of your mates will, will still be there. But have you any idea where Leeds are going next in terms of? I know Gary flew out to Australia to try and interview a few people. I don't know if you could say any like that. What uh, you know, I, 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 it. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I hope. I hope they get the best choice. I hope they get someone that that believes in them and the the crowd backs. I'd probably, as a safe bet, give it 
Danny Ward, you know, I'd, I just know that what he did at London with a group of men, he made them believe again. And he and he nearly kept him up, and he got he got him up, and he nearly kept him up, and they, I think they went down with record points, and I I, I think that's the main thing that that belief issue, and um, and I feel like Danny Ward would probably get the best out of that group now. But there's, there's still still talk that they might try and get Sean Wayne off you off you lot. Yeah, I don't I don't think that that'll happen. <laughs> no, I don't either. But <laughs> it, it keeps getting said. Um. Sorry, my next door neighbour's cap's coming again. We'll we'll, uh, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll crack on. Um, let's talk for a couple of minutes about you then and your career. I've got to be honest, when I uh, when I was prepping to, to chat to you today, I didn't realise you were still in your 20s. Yeah, it's surprising, isn't it? I was thinking, he was <laughs> 32, 33 now. You've got oh, quite no. a few years left, haven't you? Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, the year's there. So, I'm, so, yeah, I'm 20, I'm 29. I'm 30 at the end of this year. Wow. And you feel like you're still feeling good, like you could go on for another five, six? Right now, after the Easter weekend, no. But <laughs> no, <laughs> no, normally, yeah, yeah. I reckon um, if I can get to, do you know what? I've got him yet because I played about, I think it's 180 for Leeds. Yeah. If I can get, if I can get to over 120 for um, Wigan, Wigan, yeah, I, I think I'd be happy there. Just to round it up, to, to play, go play at Leeds and Wigan for a 400 game. Is it 300 games? Yeah, 300 games. So we're telling them. But uh, yeah, so for 300 games, Wigan and, uh, Wigan and Leeds, I'll, I'll be happy with that. How do you, how do you reflect on, on your career so far? Yeah, I think um, there's been massive highs and massive lows. And uh, do you know what one of the main, main parts is? I'll talk about the trophies afterwards, but um, leaving Leeds... And and watching your dream and stuff like that alter and change and the probably a, a little bit of like re- rejection there because I did go in and, and choose to leave but it was hardly like they were stopping me you know what I mean and um, I had another year left and I think that was the main like I look back now and that I'm so grateful for that to to go to a point and and be not wanted and then and then build myself back up I'm I'm proud of in in that sense of myself and then also. We may as well talk about the downside of Toronto. I'll go back with Brian Mack. I think it's going to be all rainbows. Yeah. And next minute, I'm not getting paid for six months. Yeah. And, I, and off the back of a LCL um, injury, I, I did my LCL in the fourth game. And they did, I don't think they played again. And I was like, um, that's it. No money coming in. And I was sat there in a brace and me and Mrs. were like, what's going to happen here? But do you know what? I... I I don't know if it's just because of the rugby background. I just say positive. I just said, look, I'll get a club. I'll get this sorted. I'll get a club. And I'm, I'll still be playing this year. And um, look, it, it manifested in, into getting get the league leaders that year and, and got missing a grand final ring by um, a clipping off the post. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, how, how did you stay positive during those... Like, Weird, worrying, must have been really worrying times at Toronto. I've spoken to so many of that squad. Some of them, I remember at the time, took it really badly and didn't know where life was going to go. You've got you saying, blimey, this is a bit rubbish. And then right the other end of the scale, you've got Anthony Malali, who just buys a camper van and goes down and lives on a cliff in Cornwall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. I think I just had to be because, um, obviously, my, my, my partner doesn't work. Um, 
and I, I had two kids at the time. And I, I think I've just adapted. I've, I've lived on my own since 16. Like, I moved from Barrow. And I, any problem that came in to, to start stressed me out and stuff like that. But then when I was about 18, 19, I, I like, probably used, a, like, a few coping mechanisms of, like, just some methods of just, wait there, hold your nerve here, step back, realise what's going on, can we do anything about it, control the controllables, and you know, the, the things that we all say, but it's whether you do, and um, yeah, so I had, I had my dad ringing me up, like, going, what are you going to do, like, my, dad, my dad's the opposite to everything I've just said then, yeah. <laughs> so, and um, I've had people, like my mates going, ringing up, and I was like, okay, it will manage, if, if I can get myself fit, I'll get a team and I'll be playing by the end of this year. And it, like I said, it, it turned into a three-year deal at, at Wigan Warriors and just missing out on a on a grand final ring. So so I think and to anyone who, who's going for a hard time, just just like take take a step back and just hold your nerve and um yeah, control the controllables. Yeah, that's it. And you know, I think you've outlined that really well to be honest, mate, and perspective is massive in circumstances like that. And I, There's something I struggle with a lot. I get worried about what the future looks like, anxious about various things, about money and your know, work. My life's changed a lot in the last few years. You wonder where it's going and stuff. And then every time you do feel your head going like that, you know, there's just that little dose of perspective. Like a big thing for me is, you know, our, our mutual friend, Rob, and I just think you're Rob. Yeah, yeah. You know, what he would give to have any of my problems right now. Yeah, 100%. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and you know it's, it's things like that that makes you it makes you realise how, how how lucky you are. I mean, I, have you have you seen Rob recently? No, no. I, I, I went down a, a while ago. Um, I, but I've been following him on social media, and I send him a text now and then. And well, I think we're, we're both affected by it. But he's he's an incredible bloke, isn't he? and he's um, yeah. Last last thing he wanted me to do, he, I can't really say it. He wanted me to get something for him. On, on, I can't, I can't even say it. So it's like, <laughs> but because um, it'd be, yeah, not right. But um, yeah, because he's a funny bloke. He's a very funny bloke. So like, just it was a very funny subject. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying my best to get that. Um, but um, yeah, I'm following him. I'm so proud that he got an MBE. I'm, I'm, I think that his his family's incredible. I think like if if you were to describe him more than any other people. Like he's the biggest family man you've ever seen. I used to we used to say to him, I used to heckle him when I had no kids. I was like, You're addicted to Disney and all sorts. <laughs> and um now now I've got kids, I, I totally understand. He's like the incredible role model you want to be as a dad. Like if you if you were a kid, he'd be the perfect dad. Yeah. And he's like he's so funny. And like so mischievously funny. Some of the messages he still sends me, it's like <laughs> no, <laughs> no, me, I can't say. Yeah, yeah. The, the nation's favourite <laughs> with this, with this very, very mischievous side. It's, it's almost like you want to do the real Rob Burrow account, don't you? Yeah. Some of the things he says. Um, last few minutes. I mean, you've got. Well, I'm just trying to work out the maths in in my head. You play another 120 games. You probably you're probably saying you've probably got another four seasons. Have you thought about what what life would look like without rugby league in it? What what you might be doing? Um, no, no. Um, well, they have. I, we we talk about it often. Um, I don't know what what that looks like yet. I'm gonna. I'm doing my coaching course. Okay. Um, right now. Um, 
do I want to stay in rugby league? I don't know. Do I want to go back to Barrow? I don't know. We feel like a bit like gypsies at the minute, me and me and my partner and things, because we were at Leeds at one minute, then we thought it was going to be 10 years there and forever after. And then obviously that came down and all all for the right reasons. I'm, I'm happy with how, it, how it's turned out, like I said. And now I'm in Wigan now and how long does that last? I want it to be, like I said, I want to get to, I want to get to 34 and retire and see, see out my days at Wigan because it's, it's an incredible, incredible club, and they've been fantastic with me and my family. So, so if and and if there if there was a roll around Wigan at some point where it coincides with me and my ambition to to coach, then then that would be fantastic as well because I love love everything about Wigan. Um, and then I don't know, do we go back to Barrow? Do we do we go go back there and see, see what the crack is? I don't I don't know. I don't know what it looks like. Um, we don't know the the kids right now. We know what now looks like, and and the kids are all in good schools. Um, my youngest obviously isn't because he's only nine months, but um, my partner's happy. I'm happy. We're playing good rugby, and uh, we're just staying positive. And a couple of points on that, you know, your positivity kind of shines through. It's given me a real left record, real lift recording. This actually first thing in the morning. You put a spring in my step. Uh, you've touched a bit on where you where you get that from. You know, what's your if I was to ask for your outlook on life without going to David Brent? You, you know. What's you know what 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 makes you take what makes you leap out of bed what makes you smile what what makes you want to embrace life every day? I don't know. My missus says I'm a, I'm a bit I don't know, I'm not right, but I, I'm I'm like excited me for the day. I don't I don't know why and and I I don't know how I see it, but I I see see the days as as a challenge. I see the games as a challenge, but like I get excited about what could be. And, and the potential of that day and the potential of how much fun I could have. Or if I'm going for a dog walk, I don't know why. I'm, I'm excited for... He's still there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what, what that dog gets up to, you know what I mean? And I, I don't know why, and I'm, I'm really grateful for seeing the life like that. Look, it's, it's not going to be every day, but but that is there embedded in me. And I I don't know. Right, right now, I, I see... I've got a six-year-old and a three-year-old and a nine-month-old, and I'm I'm just like I'm I'm wondering what they come up with next, and I and I get I I get excited on that. Thanks for listening to the Love Rugby League podcast. Know someone who shares our collective love for rugby league? Let them know about this podcast and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Eager for more rugby league news? Visit loverugbyleague.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.